Hello, race fans, and welcome to the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Your host is champion driver Wayne Johnson, who will be telling the stories and talking to the people that make the sport of sprint car racing great. Hey guys, Wayne Johnson, Wednesdays with Wayne, episode 97, but I think we've done 97 like four different times, and she keeps grappling and says, no, we haven't, but it seems like we have. It's episode 97. Three away from 100. <laughs> it's only taken I'm us I'm pretty sure like this is like the forever. third or fourth 97, <laughs> but whatever. Okay, you don't have to believe me. So what's up? Well, it's been a while. I don't even know how long was it to the from the last. It's been a couple weeks. We haven't oh, it's been. been we, longer we're not than strangers. That. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? I don't know. I would have to look. Well, I promised a few people that we would touch base on what happened over the weekend, and there was some stuff that people on Facebook and on Twitter asking questions. And I said, and instead of me trying to answer all those questions on there i would just do a podcast this week and kind of lay it all out and they could listen okay well good here you are i'm glad you have things to talk about because i don't have much we but, always have stuff to talk about well we can rewind since the last podcast i don't recall exactly what was going down i know we had devil's bowl since then i think that's the only ascs race we've had um would you like to recap how that went briefly Oh, uh, man, you're, not, you're making me think about this. You're normally, you, you should have notes. But I have notes right here. I'll share them with you. On Friday, you ran seventh, and on Saturday, you ran third. Yeah, we were off a little bit uh, on Friday night. We just, I was just, the car wasn't good. I mean, uh, normally I get around Devil's Bowl really well, but the racetrack was really crappy, honestly. It was really, really wet from what I remember. You know, the heat races, it was, it was one wet. lane yeah. and greasy and just not great racing and it and it showed that you know because the feature was it was hard to still hard to pass in the feature and i know we came from the back to seventh but anytime they do stuff like that there's always cars that start up front in those heat races i'm I'm sorry in those features that shouldn't be there so i think i got hard charger that night and i don't remember where i started but whatever to seventh but it was there were some cars that was pretty easy to pass just because they shouldn't have been in that race that far forward or maybe not even the race at all. And that kind of racetrack dictates what goes on uh, in those heat races. But struggled in the heat race, wasn't very good. I had to run the B, I believe. I won the B. And then uh, I think I started 20th or 22nd or something like that and run 7th. But all in all, decent night just because the heat race, we just stunk. I think we started in the heat race, run 3rd, or started 3rd and run 4th. But... Just couldn't get going in the grease on the bottom, and the outline, the outside row had a big uh, advantage advantage from the from that. But and then going to the second night, uh, I think I won the heat from front row outside. Uh, still didn't feel that stellar, and then we made some changes for the feature, and and uh, I felt like we had a good car in the feature. Just same thing, the racetrack was almost too good again, and. Uh, you know, closer you get to the front, those cars are harder to pass. But I think we started sixth and run third. So uh, all in all, decent weekend for Devil's Bowl. And 
you know, with everything that's going on, who knows if we'll ever get to race there again. You know, some you hear rumors that, that it's over, then you hear it's not, so I have no clue. But uh, but uh, you had a good weekend. and Yeah, I hope it's not the last race to run there because I really like going to Dallas, and other than the traffic and all that crap. But oh I love going there and racing. I just wish they would uh, prepare the racetrack a little bit different than uh, the last couple times we've been there because the first night is just greasy, greasy. Well, that's that. <laughs> what, what you, well, you got nothing to talk about. You're very quiet. I'm very out of practice. Well, let's talk. I got something to talk about. We have to talk about this. Yeah, we do. We do. Everybody <laughs> likes the, just all the more of the bull crap anyway. So, uh, you know, what did you learn a lesson at all this week? <laughs> what wasn't my doing? What do you mean it wasn't you? Who? Guys, she put two five-pound dumbbells in a cabinet in the motorhome above the couch. Listen, the cabinet locks, and they have been up there it does for not two lock. solid years. It does not lock. When it shuts, it locks. Like it latches. It, nothing has happened for two years. This has not been an issue. Well, we wasn't driving in a windstorm like we were either. <laughs> I still think you're trying to collect so life guys, insurance. I was <laughs> on the way home from Indianapolis on Sunday. The wind was blowing like crazy. She's laying on the couch, asleep, or I'm not sure what she's doing. I was asleep. But she put these two five-pound dumbbells. I put them up there like two years ago, guys. Like, they've cab- been riding up there for years. Let's just put it that up way. Up in this cabinet. Well, anyway, the wind's going, and I mean, I am all over the road <laughs> fighting this thing left and right and hanging on and swaying back and forth. Anyway, next thing you know, I just hear a big thunk, and, and, and it's her falling off the couch onto the floor. No, and, that was the dumbbell hitting my head. It wasn't and, me no, falling wasn't. into the floor. And then she falls to the floor, and instead of swearing and whatever, like I would have done if something would have hit me in the face or the head or whatever, I'd have been swearing and everything else. She says, <laughs> the first thing, I'm driving along there, and she says, brain damage. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I have to pull over on an exit ramp. I didn't because, know how to convey to you that I was hurt. Because I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> brain damage. She's back there crying and everything else. And, and it's then, funny now, guys. It's not funny. I have a huge bump on my head. And then she got mad at me for laughing, but you're the one who put the dumbbell up there. Who stores a dumbbell above the couch? I don't get it. All the workout equipment's up there. And there was like a yoga mat and my yoga block. Like everything was in there nice and tidy. I don't know what happened. Didn't work out for you so well, did it? Did you learn a lesson? <laughs> Dumbbells hurt. More to the story is. That you're no help if I get hurt. Uh you need to store the dumbbells on the floor or under a, on a low compartment. Well, I'm moving the dumbbells to somewhere more. There was a dumbbell, all right. Low, it was the one that fell off the couch. The it was the one that fell off the couch. But so anyway, that was that was kind of. Oh, so that was fun. That's fun to talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was definitely fun. I'm still Whatever. living it up. I'm still thinking it's funny. You got this. It, what's crazy is. Took a dumbbell to the head, have a huge bump, and it's super sore, but it, there's no color. Like, it didn't bruise me. I don't know how that happens. Are we going we gonna to cry about a knot on the head for a month or what? It's very sore. It is very sore. I don't know. Didn't You're just lucky nothing bad happened to me. Well, if it'll hit you. Because nobody's going to believe that story. That's what I was telling if them. If it'll yeah, hit you hard likely. enough and did really some damage, I could have just opened the door, kicked you out on the off ramp, and kept going. <laughs> What said, I don't know what happened to her. Yeah, so maybe that's why I have nothing to say. Brain damage. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty eventful trip. 
That was good. That was hilarious, actually. I still think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't even know why you said brain damage. (laughs) Okay, if you're asleep... And then something like smacks the top of your no, head. No, I am swear. The only a, thing you mother, uh, eh, <laughs> no, this, what? That, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying just, brain damage. I was having brain damage. I don't know. You had brain damage beforehand. That was the problem. <laughs> traumatic brain injury. I, yeah. yeah. Traumatic. Yeah. Something was traumatic. But I don't know about the brain injury. <laughs> I hope it's as funny for you guys as it is for. It's pretty. Damn, it was pretty damn funny, and and I still think it's funny this morning. We're getting up, getting around, going for work and everything. And I don't remember what she was she was doing, but that's her new nickname is brain damage. Because anything that goes wrong, I just say brain damage or what? <laughs> Highside Racewear has grown to become a major brand in racing apparel. Whether you're looking for high quality custom Nomax race suits or embroidered hats, Highside Racewear has everything your team needs for safety and success. Highside Racewear offers custom race suits, gloves, shoes, dye sublimated team apparel, and top quality embroidered hats, jackets, and shirts. Before you buy from anyone else, check out the Highside Racewear Facebook page or email highsideracewear at gmail.com for more information. Okay, so speaking of this weekend on our trip, we were headed out to Indy for you to race a pavement sprint car, and the rain stayed away, and you got to do it. So um, it was the 500 Sprint Car Tour. And we raced it in Indianapolis Raceway Park, right? Yes. Um, so tell us about that. You got to say it right. Lucas Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Good job. You got to do that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we were going to do a Silver Crown race uh, a couple months ago. Got rained out. Was trying to look uh, for the makeup date. Just could never get that put together because of the same weekend as Devil's Bowl. On the phone uh, a couple weeks ago with a really good friend of mine, Brian Gossel from Denver, that races these things, and we're just chit-chatting, and I had a week off weekend, and he uh, offered to uh, let me drive his backup car, and uh, the car's a few years old or whatever, not quite as up to speed maybe as a few of them, but uh, never done it, so I thought it'd be a really good chance to try something new, and and you know we're we're thinking about doing some different stuff over over the winter for next year to just change it up a little bit. Uh, I mean, we still have fun racing, but uh, the car owner, you know, he's just tired of being at the racetrack till two in the morning. And these races are mainly during the day, or or uh, you know they just don't run super late always. So he uh, that's something he's looking forward or wanting to do. And so I'm just kind of looking around trying to find something that would work for us as a team and. And uh, so who knows what's going to happen. But going back to the race, uh, first of all, I want to thank Brian uh, because, you know, not many people just let you drive the race car, especially never doing it before. And then the crazy thing was is Brian and Scott, which is the crew chief, is and Scott actually is the guy that knows what's going on with these pavement cars. He's done this for a long time. They weren't flying in until Saturday, and there was an open practice I'm sorry, they were flying in late Friday night, but there was an open practice on Friday night. So I said, do you think we could get the car there where I could do the practice session? He said, yeah. Austin and Austin's buddy Austin, there's both Austins, they would bring it out for me to to, uh, to do some testing. Well, neither one of them know a lot about pavement sprint car racing, and I don't know a damn thing. Pause, back up real quick. Before you get to the fact that you're doing this part of it, I, we were laying in bed like the weekend before this race. 
and Brian called you and said something about this race. And you guys, it, it went very quickly from like, ha ha, you should come race the car to how are we going to get the car from Denver to Indianapolis and get it put together and you get there on time. And literally within the, like within a 10 minute phone call, they were like making this happen. And I'm like, oh, here we go. We had made it happen. You sure? Or did. I shouldn't say it. we made it. Happen. I like it. Yeah, you they did. Made it you, <laughs> they. So Austin and Austin brought the car. Uh, Wait, isn't his name PJ? Well, we call him PJ because you can't have two Austins. It gets a little crazy. Nobody told me this. Yeah, his name's Austin. But what does PJ stand for? I have for? no idea. That's what he told us to call him. Oh boy. So maybe that was his <laughs> alter ego. He wanted to be PJ. I don't know. But anyway, oh, we're gonna talk to PJ. Doesn't matter. Um, so they showed up Thursday. Uh, we put the seat in, or they actually showed up. Yeah, Thursday. We put the seat in. Uh, Rob Hart, uh, you know, worked for me for the Outlaw Deal, and I've known Rob for years. Uh, Rob's worked for Danny Wood all the way back way in the world of Outlaw Days. So we've been friends a really long time. Well, Rob lives basically in the parking lot. So, you mean his home is located very close to that? So, <laughs> he doesn't so, live in the parking lot. So I asked Rob if he would come help us because I know he's. He worked for Stone, Tony Stewart, and they did some pavement stuff, and just to kind of have somebody to that knows more than we did because us three boys didn't know anything. Uh, anyway, make a long story short, we uh, got there to practice, had a couple of issues with the car uh, that we had to fix, and uh, missed the whole first uh, session of hot laps, our practice or whatever, and then. Got to go out the second lap or the second time, and and what these guys do, they'll go out and just ride around the bottom for about three laps, you know, at 30, 40 miles an hour, just letting the temperatures build in the the gear oil and the engine oil and the water temperature and everything start to come up, and also heating the tires up. Well, the tires that were on the car were a year old, and me not knowing anything, I'm just driving around there. I'm not really scuffing them, just driving, just kind of actually feeling the brake pedal and the steering gear, just seeing how everything feels riding around there and go to one and one, go down in one and two. And like I say, 30, 40 miles an hour riding around there. And there's a, the transition to where you come onto the racetrack off the pit road is a little weird. Well, I run over that little bump and I spun out going 30, 40 miles an hour. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I was like, I just spun out and I wasn't even going, I wasn't even in the, didn't even have, I was just kind of idling around there. Anyway, uh, spun around was probably the perfect thing for, to happen because as soon as I spun out, I had the track to myself. Every car pulled came off in the track. And so I thought you missed the that set of hot laps again or practice again because you went out and I saw you go into one and two and then I saw the yellow light come on and I thought, oh dang, he missed it. I didn't no, I see you spin. Right. <laughs> and then I saw everybody come in and I'm like, what happened? And they're like, he spun out. I'm like, oh. And then... I, I got a little concerned. <laughs> so, uh, spun out. Everybody left the track. So, basically, I had open practice uh, by myself for the first session. Went back out there. Got rolling around. I didn't really do anything crazy. Just actually was filling everything out and learning. And uh, didn't feel that great at that in the first session. Came back in. Made a couple adjustments. Went back out. Got better. And I felt like we got better every time we went in the, you know, went. And... The last session we went, you were timing on your phone, mm -hmm. and you say we were around 12 nines, I think, what you told me on practice night. 21. I mean, 21 nines, sorry. <laughs> Much slower than that. 21. 21 nines, and I remembered watching some videos from the previous races that 21 nines would 
would put me starting about like, good, it's like 25 would be like starting mid pack. So yeah. I thought, you know, that's not too bad a lap for never doing this. Anyway, the session was over seven o'clock that night and then, uh, back at it the next morning at 9am, uh, on race day and had two brand new sets of tires that, uh, and they had two practice sessions on Saturday and there were supposed to be 20 minute sessions. So I thought I'd get a lot of lap time. And it was eight laps is all you got. Right. So we ran eight laps on a brand new set of tires, pulled in, felt really good. I was 12th quick overall uh, in the first first session. Put another set of new tires on, went back out in the second session, was 15th quick after that. Uh, but those tires didn't feel as good. And then, um, that was, then there was a break, a pretty big break until qualifying. And... Got to thinking around there and talking to people. And actually, Michael Lewis uh, is a USAC payment guy from years ago. Been doing it a long time. He come by and talked to me and actually uh, helped me a lot. on making some adjustments to the car and put the other set of tires back on and went out to qualify. And I really just didn't – I shouldn't say I didn't try. I just didn't run hard because I knew I was going to make the race no matter what, and I didn't want to take any chances on tearing the car up and not getting to run the race. Well, and their qualifying is different than what we're used to. They take the, the your two qualifying laps combined total time. It's not the best of the two or whatever. So well, you it's had, not always like that. Well, that day it was. And, they, and, so, and on the first lap, I, my tires were dirty from picking up all the trash coming in from practice and I just didn't want to do anything stupid, and the car didn't feel that great on the first lap. The second lap, I picked up over a second, but I just basically drove around there. Didn't really hustle the car or anything, and ended up 20th quick, but just didn't want to do anything stupid. I wanted to run the race. I wanted to run the whole race and learn as much as I could, because this is a learning process for me. You know, If we're going to do this moving forward now, I can say I've honestly run about 70, 80 laps in a in a uh, pavement sprint car, you know, and all the guys said that IRP is the toughest racetrack that they go to. I mean, uh, Swanson told me this track's hard. Rorg told me it was the hardest track that he's races on. I mean, and, and honestly, it didn't feel hard to me once I got comfortable. Uh, we run 40 laps straight through, and I mean, I mean, I guess I broke a sweat, but it's nothing like a wing, wing sprint car. It's it's not physically demanding nearly as much. And, uh, I mean, it, it steers a little harder just because the front tires are, you know, bigger and stuck into the track. But other than that, really, that's all it was. You, you know, I think uh, my lap times were, like, average was 115 miles an hour. So I'm going to say you're trucking along 140 or something at the end of the straightaway. But it doesn't feel fast at all. It doesn't look fast. <laughs> it doesn't feel fast at all to me. And... Anyway, uh, going back to the to that, the qualified twentieth, and and uh, I said I just wanted to learn and make as many laps as I could. Went to uh, on the start of the race, just rode around in twentieth for a few laps and let the tires get heated up and get really stuck and and uh, felt like I could start pushing up. And you said to me that you were because we talked after that you were nervous because uh, you knew that I was in a different element and didn't really know what to expect. But I typically get nervous when you race. Like, people are always asking me on the fence, like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? I'm not ever really nervous about you racing. I was 
so full of nerves during those 40 laps. Like I had a shop towel that I was chewing on. <laughs> it was just a shop towel. Brain <laughs> like a damage? Shop was this where her brain damage came in or what? Well, I was just oh, so my nervous. Well, I can't chew on my nails. Well, um, it was. It's just, I know that there's was, a lot of variables and a lot of unknowns and comfort level. And I, I could see kind of in the point of the race, a little past halfway where I, you, you passed the first car and it was like once you started passing cars and I could see like your confidence and like being able to maneuver. Once I could tell that you were kind of like in race mode, I was like, okay, we're good. But then I was like, Oh shit. Don't overdo it. Don't like finish the race. Don't, don't forget what we're here for. So, um, it was fun. I had like, I ended up loving it by the time we were done. I was like, okay, I'm all in. I like it. This is good. Um, something new. I think you could do well in it. Because I could see as we progressed that you were coming in too. So, well, it's just racing, but I just didn't want to do anything stupid. You know, it was a buddy type deal car thing, and I didn't want to tear it up. But going back to the race, like I said, I ran around there eight or 10 laps and never passed a car, just riding to kind of fill everything out. Then I passed the, I think it was on lap eight when I passed the first car. And then uh, uh, you had to go back to race monitor to, to put this all together but i passed the first car and then two laps later i passed another car and then two laps later i passed two cars in one lap and then three laps later i passed another car so it was just a gradual every couple laps i was passing guys so i knew that i was getting better and the car was coming to me and felt better and i was learning and i was pushing harder and pushing harder and pushing harder and was passing cars and felt like I was, didn't know how fast I was going. I just knew I was passing cars, you know, and it didn't feel fast. But I thought, you know, this ain't so bad. This is actually, and I don't want to, I don't want to say it was easy, but once the emotions and, and the stress, because there was a little bit of stress for me, just knew and didn't want to do anything stupid because really don't know what I'm doing. Right. But once I got going and it, it all just came just like natural, just like, you know, any race, but uh, passing cars and then you know I, I get to go back now and look at all that stuff race monitor and watch the race and this that and other and see how it played out and I'm going to tell you if I would have started in the top 10 I felt like we had a top 5 car oh yeah I think so I just felt like you know uh, never passed a car till lap 8 I got lapped with 10 to go mm -hmm. And if I would have started further up or even maybe got it, got going a little earlier, mm -hmm. then I would have never been lapped. And when those guys lapped me in the end, uh, Swanson and Aurora lapped me and I could, I could actually push with them. I mean, maybe not quite as quite their, their tick, you know, they were, they were, they're clicking along pretty good, but uh, I felt like my pace picked up because I could see what they were doing. Yeah, I think it was helpful for and, you to be able to race with them. And then, you know, I passed Brian, which the guy I drove for, at, right at the same time that I got lapped, so about 10 laps to go. And, like, I followed Brian for six or maybe five or six laps trying to figure out how I was going to pass him. And, and, like, I didn't feel like I was really gaining that much. I mean, I got to him, but then I didn't know how I was going to pass him because we were running about the same speed. Well, then when Swanson O'Rourke went by and picked up the pace, I could see that I could pick up the pace. And then when I passed him, I really picked up the pace because in 10 laps, I put three seconds on him. Yeah. 
And that was something that, and I was five second, five seconds by over five seconds behind tenth, and in ten laps I brought that down to below three seconds, mm-hmm. actually around two and a half seconds. So I picked up two and a half seconds on the tenth place car in ten laps. But that's the part of this race, and it's different. Uh, you know, a sprint car, dirt sprint car, when you're two seconds back, you can make that up in a corner. Right. Where And you can this, too, if a guy really messes but up. But there's just lots of strategy but involved you, in passing. and I mean, you've got to really have a it's plan. Very, it's very strategic. And, you know, you watch a NASCAR race on Sunday, and there's 40 laps to go, and there's a guy four seconds behind the leader with new tires. And the, 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 the leader's on old tires. But it takes him that 40 laps you know, and they even say that sometimes in NASCAR. I don't know if there's enough laps for him to, because you know, at a tenth of the time, it, it takes a long time to get there. And so I can see where I was definitely picking up the pace and was coming, and those guys definitely helped me by visually seeing how far they they would drive deep into the corner. And like I said, I just wasn't driving deep enough. That was part of it because I didn't know how you know I've done this, so I didn't know if the car was going to stick or not. So once they drove down in there, I thought, well, if they drove down there, surely I can too. And I drove down, and then the car stuck, and I thought, man, this is pretty good. And just really got going. And, uh, you know, 11th place, you know, I feel like that I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, oh yeah, to come out of there never, no, not knowing anything about that sport. You know, I've been to those races before and watched, but not knowing anything about it, you know, and then... Rob and Michael Lewis and Scott and a few guys that were there to talk to me after the race. Uh, you know, they asked me what I thought I needed to make the car better. Well, I felt like I needed to cut the corner better because I actually the nose plowed a lot leaving the corner. But I don't know if that was me in the gas too soon or overdriving it or what. You know, I don't know. And that's what I told myself. We came and ever got to come and test with somebody that knew something and we could make adjustments, and we made a car feel like I wanted to feel, it may not be fast because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So the feel that I'm looking for might not be the feel that works. So all in all, you know, I was basically going off of Brian's setup because they basically set the car and scaled the car and everything for me before they left the shop. So, uh, and we made a few small adjustments to make it better, but at the end of the day, Felt good about it. I can tell you right now, pavement racing, um, yeah, you got to be a good driver. But you damn sure got to have a really good car. Uh, if your car's not right, don't care how good you are, you're not going to drive up through there. I mean, it all has to work. And it's. I'm going to say, you know, you got to have a good car and dirt sprint car too, but you can be off and still win the race. And... I'm going to say with this, if you can't be far off and still win the race, your car's got to be pretty good to win a race. Right. But new tires make a big, big difference. Big difference. And, you know, 40 laps we ran straight through there. You know, uh, I felt like guys were fading on those tires. I felt like I was still actually gaining at the end. And I think more, more than anything, it might have been because I didn't know what the hell I was doing anyway. Right. But it was freeing my car up. 
and I felt too tight anyway. So when I when it was freeing up, I felt better. But I'm used to slip sliding around a little bit with the wing dirt car, and maybe those guys don't like that feel. But I was okay with it. Like I don't know the last two or three laps we talked about it. You know, leaving the corner, I kind of ran sideways and didn't feel bad about doing it. It abuses your tires yeah, doing that. Yeah, tires off. But I never felt like I was out of control when I ran sideways leaving the corner. So lot to it. We could talk about this for days because there's so much more that it's different. Yeah. And the racing's different. The way you drive the cars are different. The strategy's different. And, uh, you know, being out there with 23 cars that you don't, I mean, you heard, I've heard of those guys, but I don't know how any of them race. Right. You know, I didn't know any. How do you think they felt with you out there? I, 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 <laughs> I'm scared. I'm, I'm telling you, I, if, I'd have been, if I'd have been out there with him, I'd have said, man, I stay away from that dude because he has no clue. <laughs> but going back to Swanson and Rorick, a few of those guys that actually come talk to me, you know, they gave me confidence because they told me that I've, you know, did really well. And then after the race was over, there was a lot of guys that come by and said, man, you never done this before. And I'm like, no. And they're like, man, you looked really good for never doing it. So it's a big confidence booster with that, but well, everybody was super friendly. It was it was a uh, fun experience overall. I mean, I think you had fun too. That's dinner. One moment. <laughs> <laughs> she does cook every once in a while, guys. Okay, it's almost off season. You're going to get to eat more homemade food when you're home. You're but home. it was definitely um, it was definitely challenging. I can tell you that. Um, but fun. You had fun. Yeah, I just don't feel like it's as physical as, as as wing sprint car racing, dirt wing sprint car racing. Uh, so I feel like that my old buck can do this for a while if I wanted to, you know. And I enjoyed the new challenge. I think, um, and I don't know your what your take on it is, but being this far in your career and doing something for so long. It's fun to know that there's something out there you can go do that can be totally new. And it feels, I enjoy like the thought process of trying something for the first time and learning and having some, some new challenge. And so I thought that was yeah, it's a, little a fun re- experience. It's a little rejuvenating, to be honest. You know, yeah. you get tired of the same old, same old. And this was something that was. I mean, it's like night and day difference. Well, all, everything I, literally. Well, somebody asked <laughs> nine o'clock. Somebody, somebody asked me. Said, you know how? I said it's like a new girlfriend <laughs> because it's fun. It's different, and you know, this it's, better be your only new girlfriend. <laughs> but, but that's what that's. I don't know how to compare it to. It just was new and exciting, and I was learning so much oh that I didn't know. You know. And accelerated because, you know, I've been doing the, the sprint car. And there's it's it's still the same principle, cross weight and this and that and the other. and But, you know, I don't know. Just, I, can t- I can say that it's going to be uh, a big learning curve and going to be lots of notes taken. And I can see where testing uh, is a big deal, where the dirt thing is, you know, the dirt thing. Testing's not as big once you got everything close, but <clears throat> I think testing with this deal would be a big thing for sure. So overall, we'll end with this. There's more of this in your future. 
Well, I'm hoping. Uh, we're we're talking about some stuff now. We've kind of been all over the board, and <clears throat> we've been talking about building a a uh, silver crown. silver crown dirt car. And so, if I had it my way now, we would build a silver crown dirt car and a silver crown pavement car to run the whole series, which is 15 races a year or whatever. And um, I think that'd be something that I would look forward to. And would rejuvenate me a little bit to want to do it and and learn because I don't know those cars. So it'd be something that would be exciting to do. Whether it's going to happen for sure or not, I don't know. I can't tell you that. But uh, you got enough of a gonna, taste of it to know that you would go back for more. Yeah, for sure. You know, I didn't drive a sprint uh, a, a silver crown car, and the four the 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 sprint car the the five hundred sprint car sprint car tour is a really cool deal. It's just you have to build that car and most of the races are all in the mid, you know, in the Michigan and, and, uh, Indiana and Ohio and that area there, which a lot of the USAC stuff is too. But I just think that, and it's like the dirt car would be a lot of the same parts and we've got all that. So, uh, I don't know, just something to build on. 360 engines are in the silver crown stuff where, the 410s are in the sprint car tour stuff but like our motors with our outlaw motors we have i think are too much engine because the engine that was in my car there of brian's you know that was a, probably a 20 year old uh dash 12 motor it wasn't i mean it's been rebuilt and redone but i'm just saying the technology was 20 years old makes 800 horsepower and that was plenty motor for there and that's a, you know it's a 5 8 mile so think that's the biggest track they go to so had plenty of engine for that so i don't know why you'd ever want to use a i can't imagine what like one of my engines would be like in that thing just blow the tires off of it <laughs> it'd definitely be a handful okay. anyway let's move on uh guys i hope that helps with a lot of questions that you asked uh on facebook and twitter and uh you know if you have any more questions about that just be sure and send to the send to, us more we'll yeah answer. I'll, I'll try to answer any questions you got but for the most part, it's way different. Uh, I'm, it was it was definitely exciting. Okay, we'll grab a break and we'll be right back. Outlaw Racing Wings is a proud supporter of the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Outlaw Racing Wings build wings for sprint cars, micro and junior sprints, as well as for all types of wing karting. Champion drivers like Christopher Bell, Wayne Johnson, and Brad Sweet all trust Outlaw Racing Wings for the extra speed needed in today's open wheel racing. Visit outlawwings.com or the Outlaw Racing Wings page on Facebook and Twitter. Choose the wings the champions choose. Choose Outlaw. Choose Outlaw. Okay, guys, we're back. What else you got? So, this coming week, uh, last weekend of racing for ASCS, Creek County. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I always like going to Creek. You know, it's one of my favorite racetracks. A lot of people don't like going there, but uh, I've been going there for a really long time. Um used to race there on Sunday nights. That's how long ago it was, so I can't tell you exactly how many years ago that I was. I consider that my home track, but so th- I'm fond of it. I think that, uh, going back now thinking about it, I think uh, around 93 or 94, no, before that, about, 90, now about 92, 93 is when I raced there quite often, and raced there a lot since then, you know, where we won the, the Mickey Walker race there this year, and doubled up so excited to go back because that's the only time we've been there this year right 
I enjoy being there. So get that out of the way, finish out this season. Uh, winter plans, running the Chili Bowl? Yep, actually uh, did some rearranging in the shop today uh, to make room for, because we have to unload the trailer next week because we're done racing. So I had to rearrange the shop to uh, get everything out of the trailer for the winter and then uh, get everything put away and kind of organize once that's done next week. The next project is to tear the midget apart. It's just been sitting there since the Chili Bowl and tear it all apart, go through everything, put it all back together, get it ready for the Chili Bowl. Well, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break. Yeah, that, it's not a much of a break, but I'll take it. Well, we got vacation coming up and family vacation to Mexico. Emphasis on family because then I'm still wanting our vacation. Right, we haven't figured that out. Taking all the kids, taking all the kids to Puerto Vallarta on Thanksgiving, and look, I'm looking forward to it. I think the kids are going to have a blast. It'll be fun. I'm going to have a blast because they're all going to be together and who knows. And they're pretty goofy. We're going to have to. Yeah, they get along really good and we'll see how that goes. But We'll see how much sleep anybody gets since we're all in like a family suite. We've got three bedrooms, but I feel like those kids don't sleep. And you think they're going to sleep on vacation? Yeah, they'll want to sleep during the day, but that ain't going to work because right. you got to get to the beach. So We'll have to work on that. Anyhow. That's our winter plans for right now. Tyler's got his go-kart. Yep. And there's some racing coming up. Uh, Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get to go uh, every week or any of that stuff. Uh, Got a lot on my plate with the, you know, maybe trying to, well, got to figure out the sprint car team, the midget for the chili bowl. And if we're going to do anything different here, then there's going to be You got room in that shop for more race cars? Not really. Might have to add <laughs> you on. Have to build might, on. Be, might have to add on to the shop. So, but lots of projects. We'll have to, you know, give a year end podcast here in a few months or a couple months and then kind of give everybody an update where we're at and what, where we're at with moving forward on all that stuff. When we know what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Cause right we, don't now, we don't know. We don't know. Just, uh, everything's in limbo and, I can just definitely tell you that uh, we're not going to race 80, 80 times next year. I'm wanting to back it down to, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 at the most. Uh, want to do some other stuff. Uh, just, I don't know, maybe go to the lake every once in a while or something. I don't know. We're just, who knows, probably end up at a racetrack every weekend again. But just Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I see happening. What else you got here? Okay, well... That's all I had on the agenda. I can't for the life of me think of questions to ask you anymore. I don't know why. I think I spend too much time with you now. Well, I got a question for you. What? Well, my question of the week. What does it feel like for a dumbbell to hit you in the head? (laughs) Brain damage. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Can we try? I'll do it and you can see how it feels. Oh, whatever. Okay, guys, as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can visit our merchandise shop online at waynejohnson2c.com. We still have this year's shirts available, I think, in all sizes, so from adult small to two, no, 3X, right? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, adult small to 3X. I haven't been good about selling them at the track, so get online and buy yourself a shirt. You can follow along with us anytime on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wayne Johnson Racing. You can also call us anytime or text us at 
1-800-227-0620. If you've got any questions that you'd like us to answer, call that line and leave a voicemail and we would be happy to answer them on the podcast. You can also email us at waynejohnsonracing at yahoo.com. Well, that's about all I got. I would say uh, until next... I think next, your dinner's I would, ready. I would say until next week, keep listening, but... It's until next time. That's ne- our new it's one. A, yeah, it's until next time. So keep listening, guys. This has been the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. We thank you for joining us and ask you to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you at the tracks. <laughs>